welcome to Descartes Pod. I'm Jenna. And I'm Danica. And um, we're back after a couple of weeks since our last episode to kind of, um, I guess, I don't know, talk about our fucking feelings. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but a whole lot of fucking shit is going on right now. Ugh. A lot of like really revolutionary, wonderful shit. And as usual, Bachelor Nation is about uh, 2,000 years behind. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we are laughing out of just, I think, um, sheer, uh, like... Exhaustion. Yeah, the, like, absurdity of the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not laughing because any of it's funny. It's more like, I can't fully process half of what is going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like, yeah, especially in Bachelor Nation, you're like, okay, where do you even... We Danica and I have... Okay, this is exciting for many reasons. We're finally back together in the flesh, um, and we're recording together, and it's that's... An, oh, a wonderful thing after literally months. The last time that Danica and I saw each other was like at the end of PP season. Sorry. Yeah. Pilot Pete. PP season. PP season. <laughs> Learn it. <laughs> so it was, it's been like for her and I to have that like drastic cutoff at such a, um, let's say traumatic experience. Yeah. Um, and then not to see each other IRL for a while has been really hard. So we're happy to be with each other, but I do think we just sat here for like the last 40 minutes, like looking at each other being like, how do we even, how do we talk about this? Um, especially because like, once again, if you're not familiar, we're two white women. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, racial unrest happening for very good reason right now. We're all showing up as much as we can for the black people in our community. And also COVID-19 is still a thing. We're both still working. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not to put like, don't sympathize with us at all. It's just like definitely a weird time Mm -hmm. to be alive. But then also feeling like we can... With this podcast and with, like, our Instagram and with everything that we have, like, at our dumb, undeserving fingertips, <laughs> that we can at least, like, we at least be having the conversation, yeah. you know? Um, we can at least be talking about what we're seeing happening in the world and about donation and, like, by no means are we making, like, a difference. But, you know, just, like, if we are helping people kind of stop and think about what they're viewing and, like, how they really need to consume this fucking franchise, then we're gonna do it. Yeah. We're using the dumb platform that we have. Um, And this is yet another episode where we are uh, taking a bit of a step back. We're going to talk for a few minutes about just the timeline of things that have been happening. Um, And then we're going to let black people take over the conversation Mm because we don't need to be speaking more than we uh, should about this. (laughs) We, if you've were kind of new to our podcast, or you listened to our last episode, or if you've been around for a while, like, you, yeah, you'll know that our last episode, we we spent the majority of it um, highlighting the five voices of um, some Black fans and viewers of, of the franchise and their thoughts and feelings about um, the Hannah B incident, and also their feelings on being Black viewers of this, I mean, very much white mm-hmm. <laughs> franchise. And it was, for me, it was such a great experience to here to yeah. listen to like absorb what these individuals had to say and I think as somebody who um also if you don't know I my name is Jenna I'm the one talking in this voice right now <laughs> um that I, I do with all of the Instagram stuff we received a lot of messages of people really um appreciating being able to hear the voices of people who looked like them talk about their experiences so we want to keep doing that um, you'll see in the time notes of the uh, podcast, um, when I when I upload it online, I'm going to make a timestamp for if you want to just skip through our voices, fucking definitely do it. 
Yeah, nobody needs to hear my whining. <laughs> yeah, honestly. exactly. So we'll have that for people if they want to just go ahead and skip past our bullshit. Um, but yes, let's talk about a timeline real quick. It has literally been a month, almost to a T, since Hannah Brown said the N-word on her Instagram live. What a cool month. Yeah, so... Oh, wait, no, it's been more than a month. I mean, by, like, days. It was the 16th yeah. of May that she did that. So Hannah Brown says the N-word on, uh, what was it, an Instagram live mm-hmm. video. There was a lot of silence from a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of white people, mm-hmm. and then a lot of pushback from a lot of white people mm-hmm. saying we should not be attacking Hannah. Like, everybody makes mistakes, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, the N-word is a mistake you make when you say the N-word in real life. Uh, if you don't say the N-word in your actual life, it will not be a mistake that comes out when you hear it in a song. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. That's fun. Let's ponder that maybe for a second (laughs) before we get on the defensive for a white woman who is going to be fine. Right. Um, So we we did a lot of stuff that we worked on the Instagram trying to um, call for accountability. We were not calling for cancellation, calling for accountability. Mm-hmm. And we released our podcast where we talked about it. And then we had our, we featured our, um, our fans and now friends. Love y'all. So fucking good. And then still silence, still silence. But then, um, unfortunately, on literally every way possible, George Floyd was murdered in broad daylight by a cop and everything that has been happening since. Um, I think we don't need to go into the details of all the traumatic things that we've been going through at the moment. Um, as far as Bachelor Nation goes, contestants started choosing what side to make a stand on. All contestants in the franchise, despite what color of their skin. But yet, Hannah was still silent. Yeah. And I think, I don't remember what day it was when people decided to post, like, the blackout photos Mm -hmm. like that was a stance for a lot of people Mm -hmm. and then we saw sort of either like complacency from that point on or just hollow uh I'm posting this because everybody else is and Mm -hmm. I will lose sponsorships if I will do that Mm -hmm. or it was the opposite which was I will post both sides Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I love being on the side of the oppressor uh aka Garrett Whatever you're laughing. I, I truly don't know how to... You're groingen. I don't... <laughs> you're groingen? I don't know. I saw this amazing tweet that was, like, from someone who was like, who thought I would respect Dylan uh, from BIP more than I would respect Grocery Store Joe, who decided to go the complete, um, I'm playing both sides vibe. This is my page about food and restaurants in Chicago. I'm not going to make a stand. Like, who thought that's where we would be standing right truly. now? I can't. Truly. And I'm not to say Dylan deserves any fucking cookies, because really none of the white contestants deserve any cookies, except for maybe, um... <laughs> I can't think of one. I can't think of one white one that um really deserves any cookies. Yeah, certainly not Kendall, not Grocery nope. Store Joe. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, <laughs> oh, Becca? Nope, just kidding. Um... <laughs> Oh, Lord. Uh, The thing is, I will say, the whole point of, like, pushing for them to, like, make posts, even the bare minimum ones, we're still, like, they are using their platform to at least make a bare minimum stand. And on, like, these levels, when we're talking about millions and millions of followers, it is important for them to make the bare minimum stand, even if it is hollow at some point. I think so. I think so. But it also feels like... Yeah. As, like, a person who, like, wants to disavow capitalism, course, yeah. it's the only move they can make at this point. Mm-hmm. Because that's what all the brands are doing, too. So I think they were waiting for 
their sponsors mm-hmm. in a way to like Which is unfortunate. put out things. That's not to say that what they're doing isn't like valuable in some way. Mm-hmm. It's just like this could have been happening all along, and I think that's true for all white people. Oh. It's true for like you and me also. Completely. Like I, I wasn't posting about Black Lives Matter every single day, mm-hmm. and so like. I think it's just, like, a wake-up call that if that's something that they're going to want to do, people are going to be paying attention yeah. from now on. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, a very integral part of this whole process we're going through mm-hmm. right now as a society yeah. and the media that we consume. It's still problematic. Their actions are still problematic, but the media itself as a whole is problematic. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to consume it, we need to just keep holding them for the bare... You know, ask for the bare minimum and keep pushing for more. Yeah. You know, because... Having these conversations and educating and educating people is like is the only thing to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I need to continue to educate myself. And yeah. You do, and everybody. So it's, yeah. um, you know, it's important. So basically, eventually, after things start to really boil up, Hannah B finally makes her apology um, Instagram live story, keeps it on her main page. Um, that is again what she should have done originally, mm-hmm. but uh, you know. I don't know. Sometimes it really takes you 12 days to decide to not be a racist. <laughs> like an open racist. I can't imagine what it's like to be in that position. Um, because number one, like, again, that's not a part of my vocabulary. That's not anything mm-hmm. I would ever do. But I can't imagine what it's like to sit with that for 12 days without saying anything. Like, even if it... She did give an imperfect apology, and it was imperfect because she was not sincere about it. I just don't know what it's like to sit with that for that long. And also, who are her PR people? I Fire them immediately. immediately. They should never be allowed to have a job again. It almost seemed as if she wanted to just do it on her own. Some I don't know what her I fucking... Don't problem was I really I think that she thought people would forget about it because the news cycle yes. spins so fast Thank and you. then like honestly the George Floyd murder happened and it was clear mm-hmm. after four days of protest that this wasn't going away mm-hmm. and it shouldn't go away and it has been a problem for so fucking long it's it's really I when I think about it the timeline stuff it just still blows my mind how it that's how it happened she waited till Saturday of, like, the fourth day of fucking horrifically intense protests that are very needed. And now we have this white woman doing a 10-minute Instagram live apology for saying the N-word. I, I, mm-hmm. I was like, what world am I living mm-hmm. in right now? And I want to reiterate what we said that our post about it is, like, this is not our fucking apology to accept as white people. Uh, and I need all of the Hannah stands to literally unfollow and go the fuck away with mm-hmm. your, like, can we not attack her anymore bullshit? Because I can't with it. It's, it's I just, I don't understand how it exists in every stand culture that mm-hmm. accountability is viewed as an attack, where mm-hmm. it's just like, if you were hurt by something, why is it weird to want an apology? Mm-hmm. Like, why is it weird to just ask people to do better? That's not fair. <laughs> like, especially when you're in an oppressed class. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, there's no way that asking for people to just, like, not do that again mm-hmm. is an attack on their character. Like, they showed their character. Mm-hmm. But we it, want them to do better. Because it's exactly what I said in the last episode, but I'll say again every mm-hmm. day, and this applies to myself too, I have to accept it when it happens to myself as well. But when you get upset at somebody asking for accountability of someone else, it says that you personally are afraid of the same ask. Yeah. You are also 
guilty of doing other similar things. Mm -hmm. So that's where it comes down to. And it's just, this was the perfect example of that A to B for me. Mm -hmm. They were so mad and so defensive for this woman. They will never, ever meet who gives two fucks about them. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so sit with your fucking privilege. (laughs) I can't. I guess basically shortly after that, Rachel starts very much speaking out on every platform she has, asking for bachelor nation. And creating new ones. Yeah, creating new platforms. By the way, if you're not listening to Higher Learning with her and Van Lathan, oh, it's great. Stop listening to this podcast and then just go listen to, like, yeah. all the episodes they have. It's amazing. Um, and then, like, also come back to this and listen. Of course. Um, <laughs> to the end. But not to us. Not to us. <laughs> um, it's amazing and it's such a good... And she talks about The Bachelor. She talks about her life as a black woman. She talks about... They both talk about just... Uh, it's really beautiful. But she went on multiple platforms to say that she was embarrassed to be associated with this franchise anymore. It would leave the franchise as a representative if they did not make changes, not just with casting a black lead for The Bachelor, but structural changes that need to be done on every level of the Mm -hmm. franchise. Um, She said it well in all the different platforms that she did, um, then continued silence Mm -hmm. from the franchise. Interesting. Continued silence. Okay, interesting. Hmm. Then the diversity um, Bachelor campaign was started by, I guess, um, did you research much of that? I didn't. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, It should just be noted it was mostly started by a bunch of Facebook group fans of famous Bachelor tweeter Brett Vigara. Um, Oh, we love him. We're very jealous of his tweets. Yeah, you can see how my my voice is dripping with bitterness. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Jenna, Jenna's, I will call out Jenna right now for being so angry about him stealing her meme ideas. Like, he's just so on it. And I feel like he gets, like, posts ahead of time. Oh, he does. 100%. Yeah, I know. Jenna's literally, like, dripping right now. Like, she cannot handle it. I know that he gets the video. I know he gets the episodes ahead of time. He gets the episodes ahead of time and he fucking tweets about it. Mm -hmm. I know it. Like, there have been so many times where Jenna's like, is this a tweet? And I'm like, yeah, but then we look at Brett Mm -hmm. and he's already tweeted it. It's like, I can't with him. Anyway, but what they're doing is really important work. Uh, We would be remiss to, to mention that Two Black Girls, One Rose has been talking about the issues um, and for the franchise for years, and they deserve, like, all of the fucking props for that. Do you want to pause and give them a round of a, yes. a applause? Applause! Oh, they are wonderful. I just joined their Patreon and loving it. Thank uh, you. And they've, they've been working on this for a long time. They've even had Rachel on the podcast. They, together with her and many other of the black contestants in the franchise, have been speaking about having this diversity change for years. So we're not going to give all the cookies to this um, Bachelor Diversity campaign. However, you know, they've made huge movements and they helped the franchise get to the point where it is right now as well so i think everyone deserves to just look at the work that we're doing and to keep it going Mm -hmm. if you're unfamiliar i will say that what is really nice about this campaign is they had like 12 different steps within it that they are very much holding the show they want to hold the show accountable for one of the my there's many that i love but one of the favorite ones i really want to highlight is that they are asking the franchise to do better um background checks and social media checks, which Jesus. I've been screaming at the top of my lungs for years for. Like, just hire me to do it. You actually don't even have to pay me. I'll fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> you already do it. You text me about it every day, and I'm like, Jenna, stop. I'm at work. <laughs> and I'm like, same. This was from six seasons ago. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I think that's super important, and they're also calling for, like, better uh, diversity in production, mm-hmm. for casting, for you know like mental health care for the yeah 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 contestants of color and also just like I don't know if this is like a particular thing they're calling for but just like having 
contestants that are attracted to multiple kinds of people. Rachel's been really big on talking about that. Like, it doesn't matter if you have four black contestants minimum. It matters if the lead is attracted to more than just white women. And so, like, this is where we see, like, all of these, like, well, not all of the issues, but some of these issues are just, you know, like, we see the same people over mm-hmm. and over and over mm-hmm. again, and we see the same stereotypical people over mm-hmm. and over and over again, where, like, especially, like, black and brown women are used as props to create drama, and it's gross. Mm-hmm. I I hope that that's an initiative there. Don't it is. Know. There was a, a um, whole thing about not tokenizing the mm-hmm. black and brown people on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or even the Asian. I mean, like, what they did last season to Tammy was horrible. You yeah, can have no, your feelings about true, Tammy. But true like, diversity. Yeah. Make an Asian woman do it instead. Like, that's gross. So come gross. on, you guys. It's like, come on. So, there's that. Okay, I just want to really highlight the silence from Chris Harrison in the show. After the week of pressure from Rachel and all of the things happening and the ramping up pressure of the Bachelor diversity campaign, on Monday we had the first airing of The Goat Show, which is like the greatest of all time re-airing of this bullshit shit. Okay. Who was that, Sean? Sean was the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and his season was very white. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it might be... Oh, yep, that's the thing that's going to happen, y'all. Sorry, there's some beeping from my dryer. Um, it's possessed. <laughs> it's literally... It will beep randomly like that. <laughs> so it, it just... It's not a small bird in the studio room, mm-hmm. but we should have one. <laughs> it's the racism bird. <laughs> like Jenna. It's the canary in the coal mine, truly. <laughs> You would be remiss if you didn't mention how white Sean's season was. Um, however, Sean went on record multiple times saying that he has dated um, outside of his race and that he was very, like, interested in that. So, like, you have to cast these leads and these people who are not bigots. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, like, fucking straight. And- what a concept. What a concept. Um, so there's been silence. I predicted that Chris Harrison, Aaron, the franchise, would announce a Black Bachelor the night of their airing of of Sean Lowe's season, and that they also would at least finally make a statement on their role, as most corporations have been doing. Almost every other corporation in this country has been making stands online, whether they are full of actual action or not. Yeah. They've been making stands, and this franchise had not done that. So I was like, they're going to at least do that, and then they didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I checked my spam folder, and still nothing. Nothing. Nothing, nothing. Nothing. Um, so, oh my god, this beeping. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything about it. Because mm-hmm. I can't. Um, so, that happened on Monday the 8th. Friday the 12th, we got Matt James announced in the morning. Um, did you know that they were going to announce The Bachelor? No, I don't, I don't think anybody did. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. I was still wondering what the fuck happened to Claire. Yes. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, like, you woke me up that morning, actually. Fuck you. Yeah. And, um... You were like, did you see? And I, like, it took me a second to remember who Matt James was because, again, when you have two first names as a first name and a last name, I'm like, I don't know which Bachelor contestant you're talking about. Um, And you only text me about Bachelor contestants. (laughs) Fucking called out. So, like, I was just like, oh, my God, which one from JoJo's season is this? Um, (laughs) No, but, like, I... No, and then I, like, I, I recognized him, like, immediately, like, as soon as I looked it up. I was really excited, and I was just, like, how convenient at yeah. the same time. Yeah. yeah. I don't, 
I'm gonna admit, I don't fully understand, like, the conspiracy things. Okay. Like, he was cast on Claire's season. Like, mm-hmm. I will let you explain it, because you Thank have you. this grin on your mm-hmm. face where you're just like, I can't wait to <laughs> unload. So, like, he, from what I understand, he was cast on Claire's season. Claire called him out mm-hmm. because he had a cameo account or, like, a Patreon mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. before her season even aired, yeah. and Chris was just, like, get it, bitch, <laughs> and because we love white women in this franchise. Oh, we love the sassy white woman. Um, yeah, love you love a sassy white woman, but you don't love a sassy black woman. No. That's, we've, they've made that abundantly clear. Yeah. <laughs> they love them up until... Uh, episode five, yeah. I think, and then we're just like, oh, we're tired. Yeah, you, oh my god, this is exhausting. Fuck you. Fuck you. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I still stand this as a big conspiracy. I mean, it's like a conspiracy in the sense that it's just like, it's just tracks. They knew that eventually they had to have a black lead for The Bachelor, and they cast uh, Matt James to be on Claire's season. Great casting. Honestly, we're gonna say all of this, he sounds like a wonderful man, zero things against him. But it was stated many times that he was a perfect candidate to go through her season to then eventually be cast as the next lead for the show. Because he is also best friends. He's in the quarantine crew with Tyler and Hannah, who are the two literal most popular people from the franchise as far as Instagram numbers go. But when in April, Claire called him out on Twitter for having a cameo and then posted about it and then Chris Harrison praising her for that, I was like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. This is so messy. The franchise is now, like, actively shading this man and giving him a villain edit, or at least a not-here-for-the-right-reasons edit, before this show has even been filmed. And so I'm like, okay, so you guys not gonna cast this man? Because this is some weird shit. And then for them to do it anyway. It's also, like, a weird thing for them to do, because they cast people's friends so often. Mm -hmm. Like, Hannah Ann yeah. was Hannah G's friend. Mm-hmm. I feel like Hannah G was... All the Hannahs are connected. <laughs> exactly. uh, every Hannah... Literally to ever be. ...is connected. But, like, I think one of the things I wanted to mention... Uh, like, when Matt was announced, we were obviously, like, excited. Mm-hmm. Like, it's about fucking time. Yeah. Uh, for them to say that it is not in any way connected to the movement that is happening right now mm-hmm. is bullshit. Yep. And for them to say it has nothing to do with Rachel protesting, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did a lot of work that she shouldn't have had to do. Mm-hmm. Lots of people, especially black women in this franchise, have been doing a lot of work that they shouldn't have to be doing. Taylor Nolan, Jamie, Jamie King, King, Diggy, and we're, now we're going to just any... Yeah, Diggy, Mike. Everybody. Uh, Wills. Wills. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like, all the black people have been, like, doing the work recently, mm-hmm. and, like, also in the past mm-hmm. to like make sure like these things have come to light to renounce their work and say it was like a natural progression when we've been asking for this for a long time is is bullshit and also i mean honestly offensive yeah. it's fucked it's mean you you're making this woman do all of this labor and then to say in an interview it's not because of that i could not um, and shout out to, uh, Lauren Zima. If you're listening, I see you mm-hmm. and I see what you are doing for this franchise. You are uh, a paid mouthpiece for them at this point, mm-hmm. And I expect better of you. Um, it's time to dump your bigot boyfriend 2020. And so like, I think 
Um, going back to Matt James, mm-hmm. I think uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, and this is something I sort of picked up from listening to Rachel that I kind of agree with, is that he was chosen in part because he's friends with the two most popular uh, bachelor bachelorette contestants of all time. Like, he's friends with Hannah, and he's friends with Tyler. Uh, Tyler wasn't going to be Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Mike was rejected once, and I have heard or seen that he didn't want to mm-hmm. be in contention again. Which is great, and respect him for that choice. Yeah, big respect. I don't really understand why they announced when they did. I Like, literally, it only makes sense that they announced when they did because of what's going on right now. I mean, truly, there's no way <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, otherwise, it's just the Claire... Uh, Matt dichotomy doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So, yeah, of course, like, people already know who he is. Mm -hmm. He already has more followers than a lot of people on, like, Mm -hmm. Bachelor Nation already have. Yeah. And he's already well-liked. And one thing that Rachel said that I, like, really had to think about was he hasn't vocally said anything about Hannah saying the N-word. Yeah. And I would... Like, to say, like, that's not his job, that mm-hmm. shouldn't be his responsibility, nor is it Rachel's, nor is it Jamie's, nor is it Taylor's, nor is it Will's, or Mike. Like, it shouldn't be those people's jobs to call Hannah in, but, like, the fact that they're this close and he hasn't said anything probably makes it, like, more palatable for ABC to, like, bring him into the loop. Or he's so worried that he's going to lose this opportunity, which is huge, for him to be the first Black Bachelor that... No way is he going to say anything. And so it just puts him in a position where he's not able to talk about anything regarding race for two years because they're locked into contract oh, for that God. long. I hadn't even thought of that. Fuck. Yeah, it makes it a really, like, um, unhealthy situation mm-hmm. for him, in theory. You know, we're not going to speak for him, but it, it, that makes me worried. Yeah, yeah. That he has some kind of weird tie, you know, to... Be the company man, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, and um, that's disappointing. Yeah, um, like especially that everything is happening right now. Mm-hmm. To be to have to like toe the line. Yeah, that sucks. sucks. Like, like what if the production continues to be raised? Like, what if they don't like mm-hmm. choose to like mm-hmm. value any of these things that people are asking for right oh. now? Like, what if he just has to buy contract? Like. Mm-hmm continue to toe the line for two years that fucking sucks well regardless if that's true or and or not and he is he does speak up and you know makes that choice himself we as bachelor nation fans if you're going to continue to be in the in the world of it need to continue to hold them accountable we are at least a year almost probably from this seasoning yeah. maybe not i mean it's get probably gonna air in january we need to hold the franchise accountable as best as we can mm-hmm. by calling things out when we see it tagging and just making as much noise as possible because they think they can placate us. It's case point proven because when they announced him very sloppily the morning of Friday the 12th, it was almost seven hours. I counted until they made a watered down acknowledgement of their responsibility for the racial issues in their franchise over seven hours for them to acknowledge with something they should have acknowledged almost a month ago. I mean, they should acknowledge it for yeah. years, but like 20 years. Ago. I mean, but like, let's fucking be real. We've, that's what Rachel has been asking for. I loved, she said it on a podcast from the ringer. It was the bachelor party pod. 
um, with Juliet's something or another. She listened to that episode, though. Um, I posted about it on our page. It is amazing because she says, I'm paraphrasing it, of course, but she's like, it shows me that they weren't listening at all because what we were saying was not to just cast a black lead. We were saying we wanted to feel included and secure and safe in the franchise. And the fact that you thought you could just make this casting and not talk about those elements mm -hmm. shows us that you have not listened and that's all we wanted. And I just was like, I can't. That's just, that's where it boils down to. Yeah, it's true. Case in point. So continue to do that, y'all. Um, We're probably talking too much already. I guess we just, I do want to like close out when we talk about Garrett for a minute because I think we have to. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I never want to talk about Garrett again. Okay, fair. But, uh, so... <laughs> Uh, oh. If you've been keeping up with, like, the Bachelor Nation podcast, uh, Bachelor Happy Hour mm -hmm. has done two episodes where they're sort of talking about Garrett being racist. Surprise! Um, he's been so terrible for so long. Mm -hmm. And this, I, I, I believe we talked about the last episode in our last episode, mm -hmm. a little bit, at least. Um, um. It was a lot of Becca defending Garrett. Uh -huh. And part of me gets the impulse. Uh, most of me hates her impulse. <laughs> exactly. uh, we can hate an impulse, but understand where it's yeah. coming from. Um, and that was my point with me talking about a lot of um, some of the empathy I had for Becca in regard to defending his um, Blue Lives Matter posts is what we're specifically talking about right now, but most of his other posts and his other things, his, um, contrarian ways. Um, but I had empathy for her as far as wrestle with the fact that the person she's engaged to is a bigot and deciding to either leave him or educate him. Because I mean, the thing is we, as white people need to be educating people. That's one of the huge things of anti-racism work is talking to our loved ones and trying to get them to not be racist anymore. Yeah. So I had empathy for her fight within that. Um, but I want to make it clear that I've now since lost a lot of the empathy. <laughs> Plus I never wanted to like defend her in that case. It's just more of like, I get it. Cause I was in a, I don't know, let's just say I, I was in an abusive, emotionally abusive relationship. And a lot of his actions I see online remind me of somebody who is emotionally manipulative and abusive. It is not an excuse for her to stay with him, but I can understand how she is having a hard time finding her voice. Mm -hmm. But like you were mentioning earlier, in the second episode, she admits that she shouldn't be having a voice when it comes to what he says. Yeah. Um, I would recommend you listen to both episodes. Yes, please do um, I, I definitely, like, felt sympathy for her, but again, like, I am a, a, a white person mm -hmm. who grew up in Idaho. I have been with racists, denounced it, mm -hmm. um, to the best of my ability, and that's, like, no defense for me either. It just got to a point where I was like, no, like, this is not acceptable behavior, and, like, three years with a person who is being racist, I would hope that she mm -hmm. will rethink her stance on things. But I also heard her say, like, I I don't want to be responsible for speaking for him anymore. Mm -hmm. He can speak for himself. And I think that's something that's, like, really important. And then I heard, you know, like, Lindsay, or, sorry, Rachel Lindsay say after that, just, like, uh, you and I get along. I don't fuck with Garrett. <laughs> and I can't imagine what that's like to be, like, a white woman hearing just, like, Fuck your spouse. You and I are fine for now. For now. Um, 
he has proven himself. Rachel said it perfectly in the first episode. Fool me once, you know, shame on them. Fool me twice, shame on us. Like, yeah. do not... This man has liked multiple, uh, like, 13, 15 memes that were all horribly mm-hmm. ableist, transphobic, racist, all of the isms. And if you want to see them again, just DM us. I have all of the screenshots, and I've posted them before, and I'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, he has blocked me, of course, um, but I've made it my dedication to keep you know this what? man That's on his girl. That's a Scout badge. <laughs> got Garrett to block me for telling the truth. A lot of people got blocked from him this week because he started making some real, like, wild-ass posts, and anyone who commented anything not other than praise, he deleted and blocked them immediately. So, um, how's your fucking, uh relationship y'all like that's fucking bullshit um the other thing we were gonna say i think is like we had heard that nick was planning on interviewing (laughs) he and becca Uh, no yeah jenna warned me today that that was i was just like oh yeah did you hear this was happening and she was like bitch nope (laughs) bitch you don't listen to enough podcasts (laughs) and i was like okay i'm a foolish idiot of course he's not doing anything because he's a coward and he loves cops i will say it was because in the newest episode he nick finally says that um he talked to garrett on the phone and they talked about how they're gonna have this conversation and then a day later garrett texted him and said um i can't do it because i don't feel comfortable doing it i like laughed for no less than 10 minutes i'm sorry you don't feel comfortable a white man does not feel comfortable right now i'm so that makes me so sad Mm. i will say i couldn't listen to the rest of that episode with nick because it had three other white men on talking about racism and Bachelorette and the Bachelor's franchise. So I turned it off because I couldn't handle it anymore. Nick has been doing a, a lot of great allyship within the franchise, but he needs to do better and he needs to have somebody other than Rachel Lindsay on his podcast to talk about this. And also, Just saying it. Also, same with Demi, who yes. also said the N-word. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, Demi needs to acknowledge the fact that she also said the N-word on Twitter once. <sighs> what are we doing this again? Oh, I don't know. Okay, yeah, fair. Uh, let's not ask those questions. Um, I will say, yeah, I guess just in the end, keep holding people accountable as much as you can within the franchise. Hold yourself accountable, too. Who you follow says a lot. Um, unfollow the bad ones. Follow other people. If you're going to follow bad ones, tell the truth. Yeah. We just have to really try to hold everything, you know, together for a while so we can keep... <sighs> I don't know. I, I just wrestle with this. I've, I've wrestled with this a lot in this last month. It has been a month within this franchise. Um, I'm in deep, but... I am not. Yeah. And I'm a coward, and I will acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> We're all cowards, though, let's be honest. Um, one thing before we head out, yes. I did want to say that I have been doing little cross stitches. Mm-hmm. Uh I can do stuff. <laughs> I can do art. You're very talented. Um, so I was thinking for, like, listeners of the pod, if you want, like, a rose or if you want a stitch that says Black Lives Matter, if you're black, I'll do it for free. If you are white, you're going to pay some money and we're going to give it to the people that have been contributing their voices to the pod. Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. Um, so if you want to give back to the people... Uh, the black women especially that have been so present and so wonderful on our pod slide in our dms Mm -hmm. um if you have something custom you want done i'm willing to do the same if any dms come from the pod they're going to the women who have been speaking up on our pod yes and none of us is going to our wallets personally um i think jenna and i also decided that like any 
uh, proceeds we get from, what is it called? Oh yeah, um, we are hosted by So Below Media. Thank you for hosting us, friends. And they have a tip option within um, their website. And anyone who tips us through the podcast, through that, um, all of our tips will go to um, these individuals as well. And Danica and I have been making donations on, for other organizations as well. But I think it's really important that we like give back to the women who are um, participating in our podcast and making like the best points ever and things that you should really listen to. Mm-hmm. It, uh, on the same note, if you want to contribute just in general using uh, Venmo or Cash App or PayPal to the previous five um, participants, I have that saved as a highlight on our Instagram page with all of their information. So um, check on that highlight and send them some money. And we're going to do the same for this episode as well. Um, we're really grateful for everybody who's listened, who's shared, who's been in the in the pit <laughs> in the pit with us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, And we really appreciate you spending um, the rest of this episode listening with open ears and listening to the end because it's really important. Yes. Anyway, so thank you and um, have a great fucking week. Good luck. (laughs) My name is Sydney. I am 24 and I have been a Bachelor fan since Juan Pablo season, so 2018. Um... I have always used The Bachelor as, like, this, like, escapist reality TV where that, like, had nothing to do with my real life so I can enjoy it from a distance. However, these past few weeks that has been taken away from me, I feel like as a black person, I and other black people that I know that watch The Bachelor, like, know that this show isn't for us. That's just, like, the general consensus. It's really, we are really there to watch and observe other people. I also really just feel like the problem that I'm having with the franchise right now is just the silence. It just feels like a lot of the people in the franchise do not really care about Black Lives Matter, do not really care about ending systemic racism, and they only care about making sure their fans don't cancel them. So I have had to do a lot of unfollowing since um, George Floyd's death just based on the insensitivity of Bachelor Nation. And sometimes that looks like just posting a black box with multicultural fists. Sometimes it's posting, oh, I believe in protests, but please make it peaceful. That, um, and sometimes it's just blatant things like Garrett's Blue Lives Matter post. So for me, all these are like very triggering to me and having to see people that I just want to enjoy <laughs> deny my reality and my humanity really makes it hard and I have been like commenting on posts and messaging people I have messaged multiple people in the Bachelor franchise sending them posts and everything Garrett is one of them and like the result of that and and I'm not in an attacking way the result of that was me getting blocked and so this is like the messages you're sending to your franchise and it just makes me feel like a lot of the people in the Bachelor aren't looking for a different point of view they're looking for Um, people to agree with them especially Garrett who was deleting any comments on his post that don't align with what he believes in and I also feel like it's hard for me to even like I listen to the bachelor happy hour um, podcast with Rachel and Becca and during that time I still like what Becca said wasn't enough for me and even today when she posts things that have to do with the movement, it's not enough for me knowing that she goes to bed and lays down at night with Garrett, who, in my opinion, like, 
does hold these racist attitudes and is also blind to them, making him super dangerous. So I just feel like it's really hard for me to be a Bachelor fan right now. Not only that, for those who are trying to speak up, such as Caitlin Bristow, I went on her post about Breonna Taylor and all the comments were pretty much explaining and defending why the cops killed Breonna Taylor. And this is just a snapshot of what the Bachelor franchise really is. I truly do think that this is like a very toxic franchise. And I am now having to do a lot of reevaluating on what I watch and who I listen to and who I follow. And at this point, I only follow Black Bachelor contestants and Becca Martinez, who has continuously, not just in the past two weeks, talked about racial injustice. And that's the kind of allyship I'm looking for. And to the new Bachelor that they have announced, it just once again feels like a slap in the face to the Black community. I Bachelor is not ready to address the history of racism on their show and I also have to wonder what are the women going to be like on this show is it going to still be the same demographic of women for this new black bachelor because if that's the case what is the point of having a black bachelor ABC I just really don't think adding a black bachelor right now was the answer to what bachelor nation was looking for and I have also just seen the comments I've seen Chris Harrison say that he feels like it might put people's jobs at jeopardy to put a black bachelor and to me these are like very detrimental things to say and it once again dismisses black bachelor fans like me and it also sways other black people from watching the show i know in my community it's not normal however i go to law school and watching the bachelor is a way that i can relate to people who don't look like me and now I just feel like I can't enjoy it anymore. And even if I do want to watch Matt's new season, there's this like dark cloud over my head remembering what this franchise represents and the underlying racism that they allow and just turn a blind eye to. So I right now am really disappointed with Bachelor. I am still... I'm just still really hurt. I'm not hurt about Garrett, of course, because, you know, he's a racist. But I am hurt about a lot of these people who I followed that are not being the allies that I wanted to be. And it, it's just like how one of them, maybe Grocery Store Joe, said, like, he he's not trying to be, like, talk politics. Like, I... I'm not trying to, like, get on Instagram and see racist posts from people who I, like, follow and and enjoyed on television. So it's a double-edged sword, and I really feel like that's why I have to protect my space, protect my energy, and cutting off a lot of the Bachelor franchise has just been the best option for me. So yeah, I um, will continue to take notes and watch, but I'm still really set on taking a step back from the franchise. Hey y'all, my name is Devin. Um, Thank you so much for having this kind of open forum for uh, the Black Bachelor viewers. Um, I have only been watching the Bachelor franchise for a few years. My very first season, my very first full season was Rachel Lindsay's season. I'd only watched two episodes prior to then. Um, one being the After the Final Rose for Juan Pablo. Um, and I just watched pretty much just a portion where he was on the couch with the woman that he chose um, when he refused to say that he loved her. Um, and then the next episode I caught um, was Sean Lowe's finale. 
and I might have my timing all messed up but um yeah those were the two I just watched Juan Pablo and then Sean uh, proposing to Catherine those are my two uh, kind of entry points to The Bachelor but even so like I didn't continue watching after I watched those episodes I didn't come back for the next Bachelorette season um so the first time I watched an entire episode was Rachel Lindsay's first episode as the bachelorette um and of course the only draw that brought me into watching it was that I wanted her to have good ratings for her season I knew nothing about Rachel at all I only knew that she is the first black lead I knew that she was a lawyer and that's kind of where it began and it began and ended um and so I watched the entire season I watched all these men do weird things and make fools of themselves um I watched them pra uh, parade around this guy that is very right-wing and the complete antithesis to who Rachel is and they let him stick around for however many episodes because God only knows why good television I guess um and this has been a theme for all of my time watching The Bachelor seeing them pick a lot of these guys who, and I mean girls as well, who you would assume is like the complete antithesis to who the lead person is. And I guess I could only say that for really a couple of them. Um, mainly just like, of course, Rachel and whatever that guy's name, I can't even remember his name now, but the guy that used to feud with Kenny. Um, and Kenny used to call him Snake. I don't remember his name, but anyways. Um, so I think of him, and I think of Becca, who is now with Garrett, who showed us his shoe colors um, even before he um, inevitably quote-unquote won Becca season, um, when his social media posts were unearthed about him being like really misogynist and homophobic and racist, and still that's the person that she chose and who she is with now, and he continues to show his ass um, in the exact same way <laughs> that he did before. Um, and I just look at all of this and I'm like, wow, how is it that I still watch the show, that I still enjoy this show? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know what keeps me coming back. Um, I can name all the things that I don't like before I can name the things that I do like. Um, like there's not even a draw other being a happily ever after because I think of maybe the of the five seasons of The Bachelor Bachelorette combined that I've watched. Um, I mean, how many of them have ended up with the person that they chose? I mean, like, Ari, he chose Becca, then broke up with Becca, and then got together with Lauren, and they're married now, and they have a kid, which, cool, great, but even so, that wasn't the person that he chose at first, um, so, like, they got their own kind of twisted happily ever after, um, Rachel, she got her happily ever after, which is great, um, Garrett and Becca still kind of dating, um, Colton, Cassie broke up, Peter, God only knows what's going on with him. Hannah Brown, who knows? Um, so, like, there's not even a draw for, like, this kind of happy ending. Um, like, watching people fall in love kind of, 
you know, lightheartedness. Like, you don't really get that from The Bachelor. It's just straight-up drama. And it's just them manipulating the people in their season to kind of do their bidding, almost. Um, So, like, there's no... For me, there's not really a redeeming quality for this show. And it's so funny to say it out loud because here it is. I come back and I watch this show whenever it's on air every Monday. Or I have a watch party with my friends every week like clockwork. I look at all the social media pages. I read up on the drama. I am just so invested in the show. But I can't tell you why I really like it. Um... And it's just the funniest thing, you know, like for any other show or like any other form of culture, if I can name more things that I don't like than I do like, then I'm not going to come back and watch it. Um, But The Bachelor just has some strange hold. Um, And I wish I could know (laughs) what it is that keeps me coming back. Um, I I don't think I ever will. Um, I anticipate and I hope that someday I will kind of come to my senses and be like wow you really hate this shit and then not come back to watch it but until then I am just deeply entrenched in it (laughs) um and it is difficult it's really hard because like there's so many things I know like I know that me being the black woman that I am me being the fat black woman that I am I could never see myself personally on that show because I don't fit the ideal of what the women look like on there which is just like from the seasons that I've seen blonde very thin model-esque women I don't fit that I literally do not fit that bill um the probably the largest woman that you will see on there is probably like a size six um and uh, so like I could never see myself on that show um and I mean with the television shows and the movies that I watch like I can at least see myself in the characters that are on the screen but like I cannot see myself in this at all in any way shape or form um and it's the strangest kind of feeling knowing that I could never fit their criteria and I am somehow okay with watching it so it's difficult it's hard but I continue to do it um (laughs) maybe someday I'll get out but until that day I guess I'll be there every Monday when it's on air (laughs) watching uh, the producers just manipulate the shit out of these people's lives um again thank y'all so much for letting us have this time my name's tony i'm from louisiana i don't know if we're supposed to say all of that but i'll share it anyways but i started watching the bachelor um it was nick vile season as the bachelor so that's when i started and i fell in love with it i fell in love with nick the whole seasons bachelor and then Rachel was, of course, one of my favorites. Um, I thought that they had a good group of women on there. Um, It could have been more diverse, but I didn't really pay too much attention to it. Because I I knew that it was, you know, a show that predominantly centered around white people. Um, And that's why I never really watched it before 
you know, there were other dating shows, not on as big of a level as the Bachelor franchise, but there were other dating shows with more people of color, which is what I would tend to watch. But I gave The Bachelor a shot, and like I said, I fell in love with it, you know. Um, and then Rachel was a fan favorite. I really enjoyed her. So when she was chosen as The Bachelorette, that was such a big thing for me I just I was so happy I didn't think that they could have made a better choice she's such a well-rounded person she's not just you know that she wasn't just going on this for fame you know she had a career already she was already established she was this strong black woman that wasn't falling into any type of stereotype she wasn't crazy or going on trying to be trying to portray black women in a negative light like we see so many times on reality tv she was just her authentic self and i loved it i loved that representation um and so with her season and the men who were casted that was my first time watching the bachelorette so i did notice that there were a lot more people of color on her season than as on Nick's season I didn't you know I didn't know that that was a first in the entire franchise I just was like well you know it's good that they're finally bringing in some variety um and so then you know I enjoyed the season for the most part the stuff with Lee it was like okay this dude's really racist why would they even cast him like was it just to play into to cause more drama whatever the case he should have never been casted but you know that was my issue with it and then moving forward I was under the impression that more people of color would be chosen to be a lead to be contestants I thought it would be more diverse and it wasn't because I I think after Beck after um Rachel's season it went to Ari and you know he was an older contestant so I wasn't familiar with him but it was a letdown you know I you know with the whole way that that season played out and I think since then the seasons have been they've gone back to that cookie cutter bachelor formula with one or two people of color one will make it to the top five maybe but they're there's not a serious connection it almost feels like they're just making it there just to say that a person of color made it there and it's not okay and you know it makes me I still watch it but it's it would be so much more received from people like me people of color when you see yourself represented not saying that you have to win any of that just to see that representation would make such a difference um but I stand with Rachel Lindsay I I really feel for her with having to be the only person of color that has a a a real voice from the franchise you know she's she was the bachelorette so she's kind of they use her as the face and that's not okay it's not her job to speak on all of these racist things that have happened within the franchise that's on 
the producers, the creators, the writers, everything that's on Chris Harrison. He's the actual face of the franchise for anything else. And I feel like he should be the one speaking out against these things. And like she said, saying that as a franchise, we don't stand with this. We don't support this. We don't think this way. And with them being silent, it shows that they do. That they're in agreement with it or that they're neutral. And this is, like she said, this is something that you can't be neutral in. You're either on the right side or you're on the wrong side. So it's, you know, it's not okay. I'm hoping for change. And not just, this is a small scale, of course, with everything that's going on in America. Um, But this is something that can be changed. It starts with small things and then the big things people start waking up people start realizing you know there is an issue here there is a problem there is a bias this is something that needs to be addressed and from then on we continue to move forward we continue to wake up and realize that things are not okay so that's my hope for the future um i am happy that a black bachelor was chosen i just think we were kind of cheated in a way because everybody I saw so many people wanting Mike supporting Mike wanting him to be the next bachelor and then Peter was chosen and Peter's season sucked it was a train wreck it was a waste of time it was just ridiculous and we you know like I said so many people wanted Mike to be chosen and so now with everything that's going on in the country now they're scrambling and they pull someone out of the blue so yeah that's great we have a black bachelor that is fantastic i wish him the best i hope that he's a good person and that he'll uphold a good standard moving forward but you know we don't know him we had mike who we knew and we loved and i feel like he was cheated from his opportunity and I feel like we were cheated as viewers um so I do hope that in the future he can get his chance and they'll pull an Ari out and bring him back in the future you know it's possible they have the power to do it and I hope that they do take that um but it's awesome just to be able to talk and share feelings and know that there are people even though they're not a person of color like you guys that do see the problem not just within this franchise but within America and are actively trying to change and vocalize these issues. So it's greatly appreciated. Hi, it's Shanice again. And with the recent Bachelor news, I just wanted to stop in and share my thoughts. My relationship with Bachelor Nation has been a love-hate relationship. I love when we are represented and hate when we're not. They really make it seem like asking for more diversity is asking for too much when it's really not. The thing I dislike most about the franchise is they don't cast leads that are interested in dating outside of their race and it shows with a lack of diversity. Or when we do get some diversity, the women of color are being shown talking about not getting enough time with the leads. Another thing I dislike is how we are perceived on the show. For example, Natasha and Peter's season. I like Nick Vile, huge fan, but he said out of his own mouth that Natasha was a producer plant. And because of that, 
numerous amount of fans were in her DMs accusing her of being a producer plant, which she found to be insulting. When you see the edit that Natasha had on Peter's season, you would know that contestants of color are not often shown much respect and they're not really seen as equal. Tyler Cameron, for example, tweeted something very disrespectful about Natasha during Peter's season and we dragged him for it and had to let him know that calling the only woman of color on the show any kind of name based on a diluted version of what was filmed was wrong. Natasha even had to tweet at him for coming at her trying to be funny. My point is, I hate how contestants of color are edited to be on this show. Natasha was seen as talking about the girls being cats and rats and also calling out girls on their shit. When they finally decided to give her some screen time, they showed her one-on-one date with Peter where she was sent home. Bachelor Nation thought there was only a friendship between Natasha and Peter. Come to find out, Natasha and Peter shared a lot of alone time and girls from the season made it clear that it was more than a friendship between them. Yet, it was only focused on Champagne Gate, not genuine connections between Natasha and Peter. Another thing I dislike is the fact that it's obvious that there aren't any person of color behind the scenes because of if there was any person of color behind the scenes, we wouldn't have ended up with racist Lee on Rachel's season. Because people of color weren't behind the scenes vetting now contestants for the racist pa- for their racist past, Lee was able to go on Rachel's season, the first black lead of the show. Like, how did a man like Garrett ended up on Becca's show if they were so good at vetting now contestants? How did a man that liked memes mocking school shooting victims and transgenders make it on this show and ended up winning the show? If he was properly vetted, Becca would have ended up with a decent guy, not a racist, transphobic, and bigot like Garrett. What I would like the show to do is stop casting Garrett's. Like, if your name is Garrett, let's swipe left, please. We don't need any more Garrett's in this franchise because we don't need any more bigots. We've had enough of them. Fuck them. The last few weeks in Bachelor Nation have been interesting. I won't talk about the contestants that have been silent. I will talk about the ones that have been loud. It's been good to see Nick Vial speak up. It's been great to see Becca Martinez, Ben Higgins, Claire Crawley, Ashley Spivey, just to name a few, speak up. And also, I've been posting resources for their followers to educate themselves. They didn't just post a black square like Chris Harrison did and went about their day. Claire attended protests and has constantly been posting resources such same as Ashley Spivey. I'm just happy that people from this franchise that I love and respect are using their platform for good. Unlike Trump supporting Chris Harrison, who thought that posting a black square ended racism. Newsflash, Chris Harrison, your silence speaks volumes. So fuck you. As far as Matt James, I'm happy for him. Michael always be my bachelor, but congrats to Matt James. After hearing that James, Matt James only dates white women, I'm not as excited to watch his season as I am for Clear, who Rachel stated on Bachelor Party podcast that she's spoken to Claire before all of this and she's been very interested in dating black guys. Another point that Bachelor Diversity made in their campaign. So please sign that petition, by the way. I'll watch Matt's season, of course, because I need this to be more than just a one-time thing. We need consistent diversity in leads and contestants.
P.S. Bachelor producers, if you're listening, please keep Blake Monar on Claire season. Just a little PSA because he's a great guy and I hope he doesn't get recasted. He's 31 and a business owner. Yes, he lives in Phoenix, but that can be resolved if Claire picks him. So please keep him on our season. Okay, back to the topic. Sorry. <laughs> protests get shit done. So it warms my heart seeing videos of protests all around the world. Seeing young kids be a part of the movement that brings a smile to my face because I think racism is learned. It's about what you're used to and what you're constantly around. Garrett grew up around ignorance and cops. So that's why he thinks that cops' lives are more important and should be celebrated while my people are losing their lives to his Lord and Savior. Black lives matter. I'm so tired of hearing all lives matter. Because if all lives matter, you wouldn't be so mad about us saying black lives matter. Aren't black lives a part of the all lives you speak of? Or are you saying all white lives matter? All lives can't matter until black lives matter. George Floyd's life matters. Breonna Taylor life matters. Tamir Rice life matters. Emmett Till life matters. Remember the Black Lives Movement began seven years ago. Until this day, seven years later, we have to keep emphasizing the fact that Black Lives Matter. Mike Brown and Eric Garner's lives matter. The thugs that killed Breonna Taylor are still police officers. They haven't been fired or charged with any crime. A young woman is dead because of their recklessness. Jonathan Mattingly, Brett Atkinson, and Maz Cosgrove should be fired and arrested for killing Breonna Taylor. They should not only be arrested, but be charged with murder. Breonna Taylor's family deserves justice. And parents continue to teach your kids to not be like Carolyn Bryant. Continue to teach them to be anti-racist. Continue to teach them to not think of people of color as threats. To not think of human beings that have a different skin color from them as an animal that should be kidnapped and murdered like Emmett Till was. Teach them that a difference in opinion shouldn't call for a 911 call. Emmett Till was 14 years old and Carolyn Bryant lied on him that he was flirting and whistling at her. Her husband and half-brother went to his home and kidnapped him. They beat him and mutilated him before shooting him in the head and throwing his body in a river. I cry every time I think about this story because it's so heartbreaking to know what a white woman's lie did to a 14-year-old boy. Because of black women and their strength, Emmett Till's mom decided on an open casket for her baby boy so people could see what had happened. The pictures are on Google. My heart breaks every time I look at them. This happened in 1955. And we're in 2020 and are still being lynched for just existing as a black person in this country. In 1955, an all-white jury found them all not guilty of kidnapping and killing Emmett Tilt. Tim till (laughs) sorry a year after he was killed his killers admitted to it yet no justice was served so when you see people of color protesting either join us or stay out of our way leave us the fuck alone because we're just asking for our lives to matter as much as the killers of our brothers and sisters we're just protesting so that a country that has been oppressing and killing us without any sort of justice will finally get the fucking memo that Black Lives Matter and will never stop saying it. Emmett Till would have been 79 next month. Black Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter, justice for Breonna Taylor, justice for Rashard Brooks. Rest in peace to all bro- my black brothers and sisters that 
have lost their lives. I pray you're at peace and will continue to say your names and send enormous amounts of love to your families. Once again, Black Lives Matter. I'm Shanice, also known as at Nisi underscore XO on Instagram. Date Card Pod, thank you for always giving us a platform. Thank you for listening to Date Card Pod. Make sure you're following us on social media. On Instagram, we are Date Card Pod. On Twitter, we are Date Card Podcast. You can email us at datecardthepodcast at gmail. And make sure you're following your hosts. Danica is at Drunk Feminist on Instagram, and Jenna is Jenna with a smile. Make sure you are subscribed to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Hey, leave us a review. This is the final podcast tonight. When you are ready. Oh, hello. It's me, the ghost who haunts your phone. Just kidding, it's actually me, Avalon, the host of Boohaha, which is a thing that I do. A podcast, if you will, that happens some weeks, not all. Don't wait up, it's fine, we'll call you. Shut up. Anyway, it's about ghosts and tangents. Mostly tangents, if I'm being entirely honest. So join me each and every week-ish as I gather the funniest people I know to a campfire that I build in my living room and then regale them with spooky tales of boogans and googas. Oh, also, it's a comedy podcast, if that wasn't clear from the vibe, you know. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is As Above, So Below.